Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm well, thank you. Before we get going with the show, I want to thank everybody who came out to Sunbury to see my talk on Bigfoot in Pennsylvania. What a nice time. It was wonderful to meet people. It's always so incredibly flattering. I'm honestly like touched and literally could cry about it if I thought about it too much, just because it's just so wonderful, particularly in these, you know, strange times of pandemics and so forth. It was great to see everybody. I was happy to do the talk. So thank you, everybody who came out. Thanks, everybody who bought books. I had a wonderful time. But coming up is Alpatwitch Day, October 9th. That's a Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever 9th. the Saturday, the second. Is it the, the, the second, second Saturday. Second in, Saturday in October. I believe it's the 9th, yeah. By the River in Columbia, Pennsylvania. It's free. Now, some of the activities cost extra if you want to go on the trolley rides and stuff like that. But the festival itself, Albatwitch Day, is free. You can come. You can hang out. Uh, I may uh, be behind a table for social distancing reasons, but I'm happy to talk. We usually have a big turnout of Strange Familiars listeners at Albatwitch Day. We missed last year because of the plague, but we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I should have all the prints there. I should have all my books there. We should have whatever Strange Familiar shirts we have in stock. We're running out of some sizes. I don't think we can get them restocked in time, but we'll see. Might have some framed prints, maybe? Yeah, I'm hoping to get a lot of stuff done before that. We always love to see the listeners. We always love to hear your stories. So it'd be a great time, I think, as it always is. I'd love to see a lot of Strange Familiars people there. Two years ago... When I did the ghost tour, there was a kind of a sea of red plaid shirts. <laughs> you, you knew who was there from Strange Familiars. Everybody showed up in Flannel Man Red. It was quite wonderful. I am not speaking, and I'm not leading any tours this year. This year, I'm just hanging out, selling books, and hopefully talking to 10,000 Strange Familiars <laughs> listeners. I will talk to three. <laughs> Albatross Day is, is fun. It's always a wonderful time. It's right by the river. It's beautiful. As long as the weather is, holds out, it's usually a fantastic day, regardless of what's going on. I'll either be under the awning, they have a, like a, an awning there, or we'll be in our black pop-up tent, one or the other. We're not sure exactly how it's going to go yet, but if we're in the black pop-up tent, there should be a big old Bigfoot banner hanging from at least one side of it. You should be able to find us. There's a lot of people that look just like you. It'll be really hard to figure out. <laughs> Unless Jay Mascus is there, <laughs> you're probably going to be pretty easy to identify. I can't help it if he steals my look. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's Albatwitch Day, second Saturday in October 2021. Come out and see us. Get some strange, familiar stuff. Get your book signed. Tell us spooky stories. Use Purell. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Wear a mask. <laughs> yes, I will be, like I said, I, I may be behind a table a good bit, just 
Just yeah, for- we're just trying to keep Tim healthy. Got to take a little extra precautions for him that other people might not. Not to limit anyone's fun. Yeah. It's just taking precautions for my situation. We'll remind everybody again, but in case people wanted to start getting ready, start buying their plane tickets, <laughs> booking their hotel rooms to come or in. Or figuring out which bridge to cross the Susquehanna. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have any anxiety issues at all, go with the old bridge. So, <laughs> the bridge on 462 yeah. is your preferred bridge. Yes. And actually, if you follow that all the way back into York, you'll go right by American Daydream, and you can go look for antiques on your Yeah, people could hit American Daydream Antiques as well while they're out there for Alpatrice. It's really not far from, from no, Columbia. No, it's like, from just a couple Alpatrice. miles, really. The Route 30 bridge is not bad. I know you don't like it, but it's not bad. <laughs> the Norman Wood Bridge to the south, depending on your vehicle and how fast the wind is blowing, that one can be sketchy. That is a very high bridge, just just two lanes over a huge gorge over the river. That's not my favorite bridge in the area. You know what's a really nice bridge? The one at Sunbury, over the river right there at Sunbury. Oh, do you have to cross that? You'd be cool with it. Oh, it was thoughtful. Yeah. And there's like no Amish in the middle of it that you have to zoom around into another lane where there's no... I'm sure at some point there's Amish (laughs) there, but uh, there wasn't when we were there. But it was a very, uh, I, I thought, even when we were crossing, I was like, oh, Al- Allison could handle this bridge. Be no problem. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with any of the bridges. He'll be fine. So, yeah, Albert Twitch Day, Columbia, Pennsylvania. Hope to see you there. On tonight's show, I'm going to be talking with Seth, who has a story of this glowing-eyed entity he saw looking in his window when he was a child, and then he sees it again when he's much older. He's like 18 or so, and he sees it in the basement he's living in. So this is a separate place, and he sees it again? Yeah. And then he tells a story that his friend told him around the same time that he saw this entity in this basement. And his friend relates the story of this wolf thing that actually followed him home and followed him into his grandmother's house. And this wolf thing then revisits him in a dream, and it takes this very dark turn. So we'll be talking with Seth. He'll share those stories. We'll also be talking with Adam and Surf from Conspiranormal and Mr. Joshua Cutchin. They're going to be talking about this year's Strange Realities Conference, which is coming up. But before we talk to those guys and Seth, we're going to be continuing High Strangeness in Helm with Dylan. And in this segment, he talks about the shadow entity he saw right outside the back of his house, right there in Helm. And he gives some details, which should sound pretty familiar to our listeners. So, talk about this thing you saw on the hill behind your house. Now, we were just there. You actually showed me where this happened, which is really cool. I love to actually... We're not far from it. We, we just kind of took a walk back by a little creek here so we get some quiet so we could record this stuff. Now there's, again, I know the story because you described it to me before mm-hmm. when we first met up. You saw this thing on, on the hill there. Tell me about that. Tell me exactly what it looked like. It looked like a, a little kid, a shadow of a little kid, but you could see through it. But you definitely could see it was, it was a small humanoid shadow. A small humanoid shadow, I say a kid, maybe four years old, 
If I had to give him a height, I would say 4'3". And if I had to put a weight on it, I would say 30 pounds. If I had to put a weight on that small figure. I could see through it, but if I had to put a weight on it, if it was solid physical, right, I would say right. it was probably about 30 pounds, 35 pounds. And it was a dark shadow humanoid. Was it was it built like a kid or was it built like it, a... Exactly like a kid. Like a the kid. only thing that kind of was disproportionate was the head, mm -hmm. okay? And I'm looking at it saying, that's a damn alien, man. That's what I'm saying in my mind. Like, look at this. Not a kid because of the head, but I'm like, okay, okay. That ain't a kid. It's a shadow being, whatever. The head is out of proportion with the rest of the body, torso, neck. And it ran down that mound, down into the tree line. When it got to the tree line, at 8.30, 8.45, it's gonna be dark down there. Mm -hmm. And that thing was already dark. But when it hit that darkness of the tree line, I could still see it. The darkness of it stood out from the shadows of the tree line. And I saw that thing concentrate down into a ball of light and it went straight up into the sky. And the sound effect I was giving you was like a, like, like a repetition of that mm -hmm. up into the sky. So, it was a, man, you know, the, um, those fireworks, the things, something ball, cannonballs, I think they call, are they called cannonballs? The ones that shoot those balls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. that. But with the, and just from the location of that thing in the, on the ground concentrating down to a ball light and it looked like that shooting up straight up not at an angle off to the left or off to the, this thing shot straight up into the sky and i'm sitting on my deck just watching this thing go up into the sky and i'm like that's pretty interesting man who isn't going to believe me if i say this to anybody what color did the light have a color to it like it was just regular it looked like a regular ball of sparkling light and if it had a color i would just say like white with maybe a light tinge of blue to it okay and then it shot straight up in the sky if i had to give you a size to that thing probably the size of your fist the light from the position of where i'm at from you saw the distance from my deck to mm -hmm. where that was from that distance that thing was about as big as my fist now when you first saw it was it already in motion it was uh, when i looked at it it appeared in motion running mm -hmm. the best and i even used this in one of my clips when i made a video about this I use this actual footage. If you saw Predator 2 with Danny Glover, when Keys brings him into that uh, trailer and they have the monitor set up and they're showing him the Predator moving and they say, that's your killer right there. And it's running across the screen. That, take that footage, turn that into a small little kid, a black shadowy size of a child. Exactly like that. Exactly like that on that mound, running down into the tree line. It looked just like that. Wow. Just like that. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you tell me if this is wrong. Okay. I've heard other people describe these shadow beings, and the way they, they described them to me is blacker than the night around it. Like I said, once it hit the tree line, I could still see it because it stood out from the darkness of the tree line. I could still see it. So it was darker than the shadow, like the shadowy, the shadowiness of the tree line. That's how I was able to still see that thing. It stood out. When they hit the tree line of the woods, I could still see it. It was definitely dark. That's how I was able to see it. Because it was darker. Yeah, it was darker than the surrounding shadows of the tree line. That's so interesting, man. This dude, I hadn't told nobody that. This dude in Hollywood, Florida, where I used to live at, by the way. I was talking to this dude. This dude's name is Eric. And he told me he seen some one thing one time. And I was like, what did you see? And he's explaining this whole little thing. He's on the beach. I'm like, Hollywood Beach? I used to go there all the time. He's like, yeah, I used to sit up in the life 
guard box or whatever. I used to go out there late at night and blah, 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 blah. He said, one night I saw this thing out there and I thought it was a kid pranking me or something. And he said it was a black thing and it ran out towards the water. And he said, this is his words. He said, this thing was blacker than the night sky. And as soon as he said that, I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I saw something exactly like that. I call it blacker than black. Mm -hmm. Darker than the darkest sky. In the form of a human. Dude, when you try to put that in somebody's head and you try to explain this to somebody, the only thing I could think of is something from a TV show. And when you explain it to somebody, something that's like something that's in sci-fi, how do you put that sci-fi into reality, into somebody's three-dimensional space? This stuff doesn't even look like it belongs here. Mm -hmm. It looks like special effects. You know, it looks like it doesn't, but it's not concrete like us. Right. You know, it, it looks like it's on another dimension. And that's this stuff, a lot of people call these things IBEs, interdimensional beings, mm -hmm. entities. Right, right. You know, so well, I say alien, and I'm just using the term alien, but I think it's more than that. Yeah, no, I think I would it's agree. more than that. When, when a person says alien, a lot of people would think spaceship connected right. to it. Right. This thing is moving without a ship. Right. It's, it ain't no ship around here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, what is it? Where is it coming from? I use the term alien as like a shorthand. I don't think, I think we're beyond scientists from another planet. There's something way beyond that. Yeah, there's way more going on than just aliens in a spaceship picking people up. Right. There's way more stuff going on. Yeah. So, I've had these blacker than black reports. One guy, and this guy was seriously affected by this he's he told the story and this is years later you could tell he was he saw a bigfoot and he described it the same way and he said the face was so black he said it looked like it was imploding he said he like he he, he said you can't he couldn't describe it you know i've had shadow people people sit wake up in the middle of the night and they see you know shadow people in their room or whatever and they describe it the same way like it was blacker than than the rest of the room that's how i saw it it's such a weird detail, but it's consistent across so many of these reports. How many patron shows do you think we have now, Allison, if you had to guess? I would say it's probably equal to the amount of days that it takes to make a perfect puppy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't quite have 90 yet. I think we just broke 75. I think we just did the 76th patron show I put up last night from Devil's Hole to Site 7. It's an on-site Site 7 episode. It gets pretty crazy. We saw the lights, even though the leaves are on the trees. I did not expect that to happen. In no way did I expect that to happen. I was preparing everyone to be disappointed. That's a good policy, I find. <laughs> <laughs> so four of us went there. We saw the lights. If you want to hear about that and about you know our hornet encounter before we got to Site 7, we were night hiking and came upon some hornets. That's all in the most recent patron episode. To hear the patron episodes, you have to be a patron. You do that by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's all different tiers of support there. Whatever tier of support you choose, you get the extra content. You get the full extra episodes. We're doing two a month now. Patreon is the best way to support the show, and you get extra content besides two full episodes of Strange Familiars every month 
just for our patrons. If you don't like the idea of a subscription, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. Just go to strangefamiliars.com, look in the show notes under any episode. You can click the paypal.me link and make a donation that way. And before we get back to our show, I do want to thank our patrons, as I do every episode, because we could not do Strange Familiars without our patrons. Thank you very much. Next, we're going to be talking with Seth, and he tells the story of this glowing identity he sees and this wolf thing. I hesitate to call it a dog man because we don't know what it was. Uh, His friend is deceased, so we can't ask him exactly what it was. But as you may know, I'm not a huge fan of the term dogman. I would sooner call it a werewolf, but we don't know it was a werewolf either, so let's just call it a wolf thing. (laughs) So this wolf thing his friend saw was a very, very creepy story. So let's go ahead and talk with Seth. All right, tonight we're going to be talking with Seth, who's going to be sharing a few experiences with us and some stories a friend of his shared with him. This is a deceased friend, right? It is. Yeah. First of all, I'm sorry your friend is deceased. That's never a good thing. But the fact that we can document his stories, you know, at least uh, is pretty cool to me. So if we can't talk to him, at least you can share your stories with us. Thank you for that. Can do. Awesome. So do you want to start with these stories from when you were young? Yeah, I'd say I was about seven or eight. And I, for some reason, started to not be able to sleep that well. And I would just sit there, you know, all night staring at the ceiling. Went to the doctor, you know, they looked things over. Everything looks good. No medication, nothing like that. And this, I would say I haven't had a good night's sleep since. Really? Yeah. So, fast forward a bit, I was, we had bunk beds in this back room, and my sister and I shared that room. It was the only room in the house with two rectangular windows, sort of like the ones you see in in a basement. Anyway, they flipped out from the bottom outwards, kind of an old school screen door sort of thing on them, and... We didn't run the AC a lot. And one night in particular, it was very dark that night. I wasn't sleeping well. I was just staring at nothing. And I remember seeing this, this I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's a silhouette of a head. And the eyes were glowing red. In the center, I remember it being very, like, bright. Not, not bright where it's casting light but just bright just terrified went straight underneath the covers and that was literally it i don't know what that was i don't know if i was just freaking out that night maybe it was just lack of sleep i don't know but this ties into later in my life where we moved same state but i'd say 30 minutes away out in the country do you want to give the state yeah, Ohio. Okay. So, real quick, this thing you saw was outside. It was it was staring in the window? Yeah. And do you remember how high the windows were? Oh, my gosh. 
Nine feet. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. And you think it was glowing eyes, not reflecting. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, let's say, you know, for sake of argument, it was eye shine. It was reflecting. Not that many things have red eye shine. And you know, the things that do don't tend to be big except for bears. You know, so the question is, you know, was it a bear, do you think, in any way? No, not in this part of Ohio. Yeah, uh, it, it seems unlikely. It seems really unlikely. And Yeah, and it, I mean, we're pretty close to Indiana. And again, we're talking about, you know, your perception is that they were glowing, not reflecting. And I think that's really important to note. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, I don't remember there being any light in that room. Mm-hmm. Parents are pretty strict about, you know, saving electricity, you know, turn re- off the lights, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Mine were the same. <laughs> <laughs> when we moved out to this country house, we came from a smaller town. It was urban, but there was a lot of trees and woods around. But when we moved, it was country, man. Ten acres straight back, nothing but woods, farms all around, just out in the middle of nowhere. Good place to be when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. But I'd say in my my later teenage years, we got the basement finished. My sister moved out with her boyfriend at the time, and I took over the basement. And I was down there for two or three years. And basements, you know, they're always weird and dark. But my buddy JT used to come over a lot. Uh, My buddy Chris. We're all very close, buddy John. But JT and I hung out a lot. We played guitar and bass together a lot, you know. We were together time. Always down the basement. I would say that before this, there was always this, like, negative thing with that house parents got divorced just very crappy things going on I just I don't know just it just didn't it didn't feel like what it was before with mom and dad and my brother and sister and mm-hmm. just a weird negative vibe going on so with all that kind of speeding through that drama down the basement one night in particular, I just I just got scared for no reason. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of questioning myself. I'm like, well, how am I freaking out? This doesn't make any sense. But it was so powerful. It was like being eight years old again. And let's see, I'm 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Going underneath the covers. <laughs> and this went on forever. I just, I, I don't know what it was. Especially when people left, and it'd be like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'd be down there freaking out. Always when I went to bed. So I started turning on the radio, playing pool albums, whatever, whatever, uh, just to try to drown that feeling out with sound. Right. One night in particular, it was so intense, and by this time I was completely frustrated. I mean, I was mad at myself because, you know, I was sort of mad – you know, I told some people about it, you know, over the, over the years, over the months. And, and I kind of got that whole, you know, you're just, you're down there by yourself. You're just freaking out. It's a basement, you know, stop. 
people thought I was freaking out for no reason, you know. Mm-hmm. No real support there. And I get it. I get it, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. But one eye in particular, at the foot of the bed against the far side of the wall, I had a couch there. This old crappy thing. And I saw that silhouette again. Now, this time it wasn't just a head. This time I didn't see the bright glow in the eyes. But I saw that it was like a reddish silhouette of something sitting on my couch staring at me. And I swear I've never felt so scared in my life. Hmm. And at that moment, I was like, this is what's what's been uh, screwing with me this whole time. Right. At least that's what I thought. I mean, that's the only correlation I could come sure. up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's logical or not, but that, that would be where my head would go too. Yeah. <laughs> so this happens. The night goes on. I wake up a new day and I can't remember exactly the timing, but a period of time went by. I was feeling scared again one night, and by this time I had just, I've had it. And I came straight up out of the bed and said, hey, you know, leave me that, you know, alone. What do you want? What do you want? I I mean, I was just losing. I was losing my stack on this thing. And I said, what do you want? You want a beer? You want to go in there and have a beer? You want to (laughs) play bass? What do you want to do? I mean, I was going after it. And something about doing that. And I think I've heard on, on some other podcasts, people, you know, getting angry and just going after whatever this this thing is, these things, they sort of go away. And that's exactly what happened. I never had a problem with that thing again. Never again. Never again. That's interesting. Yeah, sometimes people say they'll confront them and they'll they'll die down for a while and then they'll come back. But yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard it, you know, a couple of times, I think, on Strange Familiars too. People have said they've confronted them and you know, kind of, uh, gotten firm with them, so, you know, stop, I don't want this or whatever. And uh, oh. going away. I think back to that. I don't know if I was stupid or, or if that was the right thing to do because something like that, you know, it could pick me up and throw me through the wall. <laughs> when you said the silhouette was, was red. So like it was literally just a red thing there. Yeah. If you could imagine, if you could imagine the outline, say you're, say you're looking at a human and you see the outline of the shape, the center is pretty much transparent, but the outline you can make out. Okay. And it was reddish. I'm not going to say hairy, but it was, um, it wasn't smooth. Mm-hmm. It was, it was almost like a static fog sort of look that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. And it, it was, it looked big. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm assuming because you said it looked like it could throw you through a wall. I'm yeah. Saying, yeah. Bulky. Yeah. It, I would have lost. Mm-hmm. I'm six foot two. I was probably 210 back then. Delivered beer, actually, throwing kegs. So I wasn't puny. But right. Compared to this thing, the, the, no, man. Just no. Um, so you think it was the same thing you saw when you were a kid? Yeah, just because of the outline, it was just it was too unique mm-hmm. or something different. 
unless there's multiple of these things and they all have similar form. But right, just right. the feeling, the overall feeling, and then the unique look of the thing. I, I just said, yeah, it, it's been following me or or whatever. Did your sleep get any better after you confronted it? It it's it's been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get a good sleep. I wake up and the sun's brighter and the sky's bluer. You know that thing. Sure. But yeah. By and large, I don't I don't really sleep that well. I mean, that's an interesting detail. It, you know, chicken and egg. Like, what came first? You know. Yeah, uh, it's it's almost like a neg. <laughs> what is it, Schlepprock with the cloud over him? That's it's like a negative feed coming in, and I'm always pushing it away. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can confront that too. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my buddy JT about all this. Again, down in this basement, same basement. And he opened up with me. I'd say this is two or three years before he passed away. And he was telling me a story about when he was younger. First of all, he was pretty much one of the few people that actually believed what I was saying. Right. That was a relief to actually have somebody say, hey, man, I understand. Yep. Yeah, I remember trying to tell people some of this stuff and just, I mean, the jokes were just, you know. Back in the early 90s, you tell somebody you think you were, you know, had some kind of experience with aliens and they, they you know, oh, were you probed, you know, immediately. And it's like you hear that once or twice, like, okay, I'm not talking about this anymore no no that's a kick in the shin man yeah yeah he's he's telling me the story about him being younger oddly enough probably about the same age probably around eight at his grandma's house this is in ohio too pretty much same location where my second house is and Mm -hmm. i don't mind telling people it's out in middletown madison ohio He's at his grandma's house, and I believe he's with his cousin. And they're out playing in the woods. And I can't remember if he said he he felt strange, but something was, like, stalking him. And I think he said he remembers seeing, like, a wolf-type thing. Mm -hmm. Runs into the house straight to the grandma. And this thing follows him in. Into the house? Yeah. And he says his grandma starts just blurting out Bible verses at it. And it start. he says all he remembers was this thing just started screaming huh. uh, like he was getting injured. And he said, my grandma chased that thing, reading verses to it or screaming verses at it and chased it all the way out to the bush and he said he could hear that thing hollering until it couldn't holler anymore. So she came back in, and that was the end of that story. And, you know, I'm shocked. I'm like, geez. You know, I thought The Howling was the worst movie in the world, but, you know, see a, a, something like that in real life. Right. Especially it. Good Lord. Uh, you were good enough friends with him to kind of judge that he was being serious when he was telling you this. Oh, yeah. JT was... He, he was very direct. Uh, when he's joking with you, you knew it. When he's being serious, you knew it. 
So he goes on to say, he goes, later on, I had a dream, and this thing shows up in the dream. And I've heard this in other podcasts where people talk about these things. They come in their dream. Mm-hmm. And he says he's standing in a hallway, and there's a campfire in the middle, and this thing's standing behind it. And Josh said he was trying to go down the hallway, and the thing said, Something like you will die before you are mature or something like that. You will die young, basically. Mm. And, you know, Josh said, you know, I always felt like, you know, I'm not going to live that long. And he was in good health. I mean, he was, I I wasn't aware of anything wrong with him. So it just struck him on. I just remember, you know, sitting there like, well, I hope this was just a bad dream because this sucks. Yeah. Um, especially for it to be the same entity, whatever the heck that is. So that that's sort of where we connected on our on the weird things going on in our life. But I'll tell you that a few years later, JT he passed away from a weird, like he basically drowned in his sleep. So he had like pneumonia, and he was sort of his body was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just. He went in his sleep, basically. Man. That whole thing is creepy. I just read a similar story to that, actually, uh, today, really, before we talked. So it's kind of hitting home. Did he describe this creature any more than just it being, like, wolf-like? Yeah, he didn't use terms like dog man or nothing like that. He said wolf-like, standing up. Which makes me think dog man. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 The detail about the Bible verses too. I mean, you know, for these things, you know, supposedly being, you know, some people claim they're just natural creatures of some sort. Uh, there's enough stories of them reacting to people, you know, invoking Bible verses that it just really makes you wonder. Yeah. It feels like there's a, there's a pattern there. I want, I don't want to say all entities are that way. Mm-hmm. I figure they're like us. There's good and there's bad ones. Sure, yeah. That's sort of my thoughts on it. But yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with. I believe Brother Richard said there's kind of whole a whole ecosystem, you know, good, bad, and in between. Yeah, yeah, but that does check boxes, and it, it's it's concerning. And, and I wonder if there's not a a belief component more than necessarily a specific, uh, say, biblical or, or Christian component. Because, like I said before on other shows, I've, I've heard stories about people, you know, the, the, the sort of phrase in the UFO abduction circles is, you know, pray the gray away. But the odd thing about that is that people of all faiths have had luck doing this. You know, so it's it's not just Christians that are praying them away. Even I've heard that even Wiccans have been able to, you know, do this. So it seems like there's something about belief that's tied into this. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but it is very odd for a, you know, someone to to claim that these are natural creatures and like, why would they care if you were, uh, you know, so say a bad guy breaks in your house. If he's intent on doing harm, you can yell all the Bible verses at him that you want. He's going to do what he's going to do, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting thought because I'm thinking about, JT's grandma, you know, 
preaching to this thing. And then you think about me downstairs, not preaching, just my intent was you're not welcome. Right. Yeah. I don't know. This is all above my pay grade, but I'm just making the, <laughs> I'm just making the connections. I'm glad somebody is. We're uh... trying to. Well, I'm uh, once again. I'm sorry you lost your friend. Thank you for sharing his stories with us because they're super interesting. Really, really interesting. Did he feel that there was truth to what that you know that, the prediction that that thing said in his dream? Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. He, when he left, gave up the ghost. You know, all, our tight circle was just—we uh, were just traumatized, man. Yeah, I show it a little differently. I'm, I'm more introverted. I don't like to, you know, broadcast feelings too much. But man, that just—even to this day—it messes me up. And when I think about all this thing, I just remember him saying that thing told me I was going to die young and. I don't know. There's no way I cannot make a connection to that right. dream. Right. Wow, that's horrifying. It's scary, man. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It would be interesting too to you know, dig into the native lore to see if they had anything like what your friend and for that matter what you saw. That would be interesting to see if it in any way tied to that, but I think you know, what do I know? I don't know anything. But the fact that you you think it was the same thing you saw when you were a young kid and then, you know, older at this different house, I wonder if that wasn't something that was haunting you, you know, until you dealt with it. Yeah. I just, why would it, uh, I don't know what I did to attract the thing. That's sort of another question that I always think about. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think there's rhyme or reason to this stuff. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just may have uh, turned the, the wrong light on one time and caught something's attention, you know, I, and I mean that, you know, metaphorically or physically. I think uh, sometimes you could just kind of send a flare up and you don't mean to, and uh, these things turn and look at you, and then, then they're interested. Well, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, Seth, thank you so much for sharing your stories and sharing JT's story with us. I hope nothing else happens. I hope you're done. (laughs) But uh, if anything does, you know where we are. Thanks for hearing me out, brother. I appreciate it. All right, now let's talk to our friends Adam and Serfiel and Josh about this year's Strange Realities Conference. We have with us, for some reason, Joshua Cutchins here. Why are you here, Josh? Because I thought I was supposed to be. I don't. <laughs> I, can, I can always <laughs> duck out. No, no. The story of my life. Stay, uh, stay. And uh, Adam and Surf from Conspiracy Normal, and we are talking about the conference called Familiar Fantasies. 
That sounds a little risky. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you're thinking of a different the, the familiar fantasies conference, guys. That's going on <laughs> in Vegas down the street. <laughs> Strange realities. This is the 19th year that you guys have had this. Uh, yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. We count in like Masonic years, like from ancient Mesopotamia. So it's five thousand something. I think. No, so this is the third, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, this awesome. is the third, third year. year for Strange Realities. You got a lot of repeat folks, repeat speakers, and then you got some new folks too. I guess for anybody who just got to Strange Familiars, and we do have new listeners all the time, what is Strange Realities? Well, Strange Realities Conference is something that we started in 2019. We kind of wanted to set, we're, you know, we're a podcast, it's been a normal podcast. We've been around since 2012. Surfiel's been part of this since 2018. And uh, we kind of wanted to, it was always a goal of mine to do a conference. Um, it was something that um, I wanted to do for quite a while. And I wanted to do it around about the time of 2017, but certain events in my life kind of prevented that from happening. And by 2019, it became feasible for us to do it and knew some people that had worked at a place called SIR Nashville that is uh, fairly close to downtown Nashville. And uh, we were able to get a good discount rate. It's a big space. Tim, you've been there. Josh has been there too. In 2019, we put the first one on. We had uh, yourself, uh, Mr. Cutchin here. Uh, Tim Banal was involved. We had good friend Joe Damari and Zach Hunt and Mark Anthony Wyatt. And we did about, like, I think nine speakers, I think, was it? Yeah, it was nine. Only nine. Yeah. The nine. There was the plan, of course, to do it uh, live in 2020, but... I think for obvious reasons, we did not. And the pandemic and, had other ideas. Yeah, yeah. The corona, SARS-CoV-2 had other ideas, kind of ruined it for us a little bit. And of course, it's still causing problems. But in 2020, we decided that we were going to go ahead and do the conference online. And uh, it's actually almost been a year since we did that. We did that, I think, like the 24th through the 20. 5th or 26th of last year because of the doing it online we were able to have 21 speakers last year mm -hmm. and, and give uh, us opportunity to learn how to do the streaming conference thing yeah so yeah. we had uh either way even if this wasn't going to be limited this year we were still going to have a streaming component so it's actually a, a hybrid event this year yeah which means that we are doing it live here at the same place that we did it back in 2019, which is SIR Nashville. Josh is actually going to be there live. He's going to drive up from where he is and uh, be a part of it. And Tim, you are going to be doing the other part of it, which is going to be actually streaming in. Actually, for anybody that comes and buys an online ticket, you guys are going to notice that some people are going to be there live and some people are going to be streaming from their homes that's kind of how we're saying that it's a hybrid event this year. So we do have some lots of people that are going to be there actually at the conference and people that are going to be watching online as well. Right. And if you're online, you're going to see the people that are live at the conference, right? The people that are on site there. 
Yeah, they're going to be on a stage. And if you're actually in person, you will see the people who are streaming in projected on a large screen on stage. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. We were able to still find ways to do this, that you were able to organize it last year was super cool. And then that you found a way to do it hybrid this year is awesome. Yeah, and you two guys actually, uh, last year, you guys actually uh, finished it off, I believe. Uh, Tim, you were uh, next to last on that Sunday night, and Josh was the was the last one um, that evening. Yeah, I had to sit through everybody else's. <laughs> I wasn't able to wasn't able to bounce as soon as I was done. No, just kidding. Josh played the Rougarou for us last year. The didgeridoo. The didgeridoo. <laughs> the Rougarou. Rougarou's a Cajun werewolf. <laughs> you know what? It all gets jumbled up in my mind. Okay? No, I, I love it. I'm going to start calling it the Rougarou. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Josh and I will have nothing to do with each other's presentation this year other than being fans and sitting with rapt attention and watching each other because Josh's uh, presentation has to do with his forthcoming two-volume set, which is not Where the Footprints End, part three and four. What's that called, Josh? Uh, it's called Ecology of Souls, a new mythology of death and the paranormal. A very humble title, I guess. Um, but uh, it's uh, And my presentation is on an aspect of paranormalia that I've been looking into. Uh, in regards to that book, which is the incidence of paranormal phenomena around monuments. So, you know, tumuli, burial mounds, megaliths, stone circles, etc. And really looking at sort of like, sort of like my take on the factors that make these strange attractors of the paranormal. Very cool. How's it uh, writing a book alone? Do you cry a little bit every time you have to sit down and write alone? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I have to, I have to go back and edit less than I, wow. <laughs> than I <was> like, <laughs> that thing. No, I'm kidding. No, it, it is honestly like there are some things that I run across or I'm like, Oh, this would be, you know, more in Tim's wheelhouse than it is in mine, but I can't, you know, I can't just like shove it off to you like right. I did. So, <laughs> so it's like, okay, I guess I got, I guess I got to plow through it myself. But no, the other thing is like I, I forgot how isolating the process can be. You know, you, like like when I was when we were working on where the footprints end together, like we'd read each other's stuff and be like, yeah, that's good, yeah, man, I dig it. And when you're doing something alone, I'm sure you've experienced this too. You kind of have these moments that crop up where you're like, oh, this is crap. Like this mm -hmm. is absolute crap. Like no one no one wants to read this. No one wants to look at this. This is absolute crap. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone care about this section? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that that isolation is 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 a little bit saddening. But you know, I'll be honest; it's it's nice to not have my life dedicated as much to Bigfoot as it was for so long. <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss the big guy, though. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm going to circle back around to him in a couple of weeks for for some of my final chapters. But uh, yeah. So, Adam Surf, give us the complete rundown. Who's speaking this year? Yeah, so it uh, so happens that uh, we have the schedule complete, and you guys can find this on the website on uh, strangerealitiesconference.com, and where you can also buy tickets to see these wonderful gentlemen speak. So we're running from October 15th through the 17th. It's going to be a Friday evening, all-day Saturday, and all-day Sunday event. And on October 15th, that evening, we're going to be doing all speakers that are actually going to be on site, 
not online only speakers. Uh, so we are starting with uh, Mr. Tim Banal. Yours truly, Joshua Cutchin, right there, is going to be doing his presentation. We just did a little live teaser about that. Aaron Gullius is going to be speaking that night, and also Ren Collier will be speaking that evening as well. So those are going to be the four speakers that are going to start us off on the 15th. I have some indication of some of the topics I believe Gullius is going to be talking about. Some of the uh, like UFO shysters in the past. I'm not sure what. I think Brenda's going to be covering some stuff from the mythology of Lovecraft and how that fits in with the paranormal. And Kenneth Grant stuff, and, yeah. Uh, Banal will uh, be talking about how when mysteries get solved and how people move on from that, or if they actually do move on. And on October 15th, we are going to have Heather Mosher starting us off. Uh, Mr. David Metcalf is going to be there talking about uh, the star seed mythology and some of that. We just spoke to him not too long ago. And Dr. Stephen Finley is going to also be there. Uh, he's going to be streaming from his home, and he's going to be talking about some of the UFO imagery that Louis Farrakhan has encountered in the Nation of Islam. So that's something that we're really looking forward to as well. Kiki Dombrowski is going to be there as well. She's going to be giving, I believe, a presentation on the tarot. Christopher Ernst is going to follow her. And he's going to talk about uh, some of the uh, Indian, uh, from the Indian subcontinent, holy men that he has countered in some of the traditions of like the kind of religion that his parents were involved in. Michael Hughes, I'm not so sure what he's going to be speaking about yet, but I will find out fairly soon. And uh, Nathan Isaac, who I know you've had on the show as well, his presentation I believe it's going to be something to line about uh, cybernetics, I, th I believe. Um, fairly complicated and complex, but that's the way we like it. And Mr. Steven Sider, also known as Recluse, I believe he's going to be talking about something about like entropians, but these people that have like the like life prolongation type of thing. Hmm. And uh, ending Saturday evening will be Mr. Alan Greenfield. He, along with Olaf Phillips, who is actually going to be traveling with him, are going to be doing like a kind of a, like a question and answer session. Hopefully there will be no, you know, sex magic rituals or anything like that. <laughs> and Sunday, we have several people that are going to be doing theirs online and some that are actually going to be there. Mr. Jose Herrera is going to be there. We just spoke to him not too long ago. He is going to be talking about uh, kind of like mimetic warfare, fourth generation warfare. Uh, he's really going to get deep into the weeds on that. Our good friend of the show, first guest we ever had on Conspiracy Normal, Dr. Future, is going to follow him. And he's going to be talking about how the Monroe Institute and the Hemi sinking and uh, some of the weirdness involved with that. And uh, followed by Amy Petula. She is the head of the Chattanooga Ghost Tours, which is my hometown. She is going to be uh, speaking from Chattanooga, I believe. I may try to convince her to come. Brent Rains is also going to be there. He spoke last year. He was actually at the first conference. Um, I did not have time to get him in because mm -hmm. I had never heard of him before, but he uh, is an old-time UFO researcher that lives here in Tennessee. 
He said he's going to give a presentation about some 14 weirdness. P.D. Newman, who talks about one of his big things is talk about the hallucinogenic drugs and the influence on Freemasonry. And uh, some guy named Soraya <laughs> is going to follow him. I'm hoping that Soraya hopefully in the flesh be there. Although that's uh, kind of up in the air at this moment, you know. But if you'd like to see him, maybe you should. Uh, someone out there should reach out to him and uh, give him a little prodding. Yes, yes. And Steve Stockton is going to be doing his presentation from his home, and I believe he's going to talk about national park disappearances. And uh, we are going to cap it all off with another Tim, Mister Timothy Renner. And we are going to be doing an, a question and answer session with you. So anybody that is listening to Strange Familiars and are, is coming to the Strange Realities Conference are streaming online, have your questions ready for Mr. Timothy Renner. Yeah, it's a good time if you want to put me on the spot, ask me live questions, and I guess I'll be on camera so you could see my reaction live as well. If you can, yes. I can be shocked and, and amazed. And do my best to, to answer your questions. So my listeners know I'm working hard on the, the Witch Cloud project. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can... We'll see how close it is to being ready. If it if it's close, I can talk about that a little bit. And uh, we can include that in the what we're talking about. I'm not sure, though. I, I'm literally... Everything's up in the air. There's so many moving parts with this thing. We'll see. But it, it's possible. It's possible. Wow. Yes. Yeah. We're literally looking forward to that as well. And uh, I think we're going to try to have you on Conspirator Normal to talk about that too. Yeah. I, I after, would, after the conference. Right. Yeah. Once this is closer to being ready, I will be uh, calling all my podcasting friends and leaning on them for uh, pr- promotional help. Hitting <laughs> the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. The virtual press tour. Yeah, this is exciting and, you know, a little behind-the-scenes information. I, at one point, I was like, I don't know if I can do this, Adam. I, I just, I don't know if I can do it this year. And you were very, very kind and said, you know, no, let's make it so you can do it. And uh, my problem was I, I didn't have a new presentation. I didn't have time to come up with one. And you said, no, let, we want you to be a part of it. We'll do this question and answer session. So I want to thank you for that. That really kind of keeps me included. I, I didn't want to not do it, you know, I wanted to be a part of it. And I was just really worried about just coming up with something, especially with this witch cloud project kind of hanging over me. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do a presentation about that. Cause I don't want to give away too much of that before it's ready and so forth. So I do want to thank you guys for including me, you know, even though I don't have a new presentation, but I think, I think we can do something cool with a question and answer. Well, like last year we talked about this, um, a little bit in our stream that we just did, but, um, Last year, I believe you ended about 45 minutes in. We still had about 15 minutes left, and we did do kind of a question and answer session. And I felt that it went really well, and I think that we could kind of expand on that this year. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. You know, we did that. We did a couple um, live stream things just off the cuff when we went down to Cryptid Bash in West Virginia, Mm-hmm. just from the, the place we were staying and, and they ended up going really well. It was really fun to be kind of interactive and, and get those on the spot questions like that. So and the online audience also will be able to ask you questions. Right. So, yeah. 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 So it's cool. Do you have any um, indication on the audience size versus last year? Same about bigger you think? 
Well, we're hoping that it's going to be, we're hoping that it's going to be about the same as far as online tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're, because of COVID and the situation here in Tennessee, we have limited, which we still have in-person tickets that are available online. Uh, you can go to strangerealitiesconference.com and get those, but there are a plethora of tickets available for the online only. Yeah, virtually and unlimited. We are really pushing those. Awesome. Yeah. And those are $30. And the in-person ticket is $70. And if anybody is actually coming to Nashville because of the situation with Delta, which I've kind of had to deal with that myself last month, we are asking for like, you know, vaccination cards and or proof that are negative of negative tests. tests. It's a good idea. It's unfortunate, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. Right. Strange Realities 2021. Mm-hmm. October 15th through the 17th. 15th through the 17th. Yes. Where can people get tickets? They can go to strangerealitiesconference.com. Awesome. And there is a link to get that, and that will take you to the Eventbrite page where you can purchase tickets. All right. We will put that in the show notes for people as well. Excellent. And you guys are at Conspiranormal? Yes, we're at Conspiranormal.com. Awesome. And every podcatcher imaginable. Yes, wherever fine podcasts are found. And Joshua Cutchin is at JoshuaCutchin.com. I know that because we do some interviews together here and there. And I've memorized that. We've met. met. You guys know each other. (laughs) And uh, we'd like to announce now that uh, we're going to start Where the Footprints End, Volumes 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Skipping three. <laughs> oh, that's right, three. <laughs> <laughs> three, three, three. Three is a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> yes. No, three is uh, we're, we're having that ghostwritten by uh, someone else. I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, no, we have no plans as yet, but, you know, we'll see what things bring down the road. But uh, Josh has his projects. I got a couple of projects I'm hammering on book-wise. And uh, you can stay up to date on Josh by going to joshuacutchin.com. Anything you want to add, Josh? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to the conference. It's like, mm-hmm. it's. I feel like everything has been, in my life, has been sort of gearing up to that, <laughs> to that moment. I mean, it's going to be an exciting time to see everybody, and it's going to be nice to be plugged back into the conference circuit again and see some old friends. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Surf. Thanks, Adam. Thank Strange Realities for- 2021. Maybe that unruly wolf thing just needed some training. You know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> and he could have gotten it at 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. With their relationship-based approach to training, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available as well. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Tina, by the way, sent me a message with a link to the Dog Learning How to Read video. If I remember, I will put that in the show notes. If I haven't, somebody remind me in the Strange Familiars group. I can share it there. She said I was free to share it wherever. It's so, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I will try to share that. 
So if your puppy is being a wild and crazy whirlwind of destruction... Or if you have an illiterate puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, maybe you have an illiterate puppy. Maybe you have an illiterate puppy who desperately needs to understand cursive handwriting. Absolutely. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can teach you what to do and also what not to do. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Got some deja vu with this curiosity. Was this the first or the second curiosity of the week we did? I forget. I don't know, but it's based on the very first show we ever did, right? We certainly mentioned it on the first show. So we are a uh, repository for hex books of various sorts. But once again, we have a copy of Hex by Arthur Lewis, which is the book that tells the story of Nelson Raymire and the Raymire murder, the so-called Hex murder right here in York County. Isn't there a part in the interview my mom did with the local practitioner where he says, that ain't no hex book. (laughs) Yeah, he's talking about the long lost friend. They said they found his hex book. Does he say that ain't no or that that weren't? That ain't weren't or that that weren't no. That weren't no. I think he does say in the local vernacular. That was the long lost friend. I happen to know what that was. Yeah, but no, this is the story of the actual hex murders. It was written by a journalist, right? Arthur Lewis. And this is an ex-library copy. This is a hardcover version. A concept I find very sad, but I know they can't keep everything. They're not the Library of Congress, but I always find deaccession books to be sad, but also I have a million of them. No dust jacket. Again, it's an ex-library copy, but excellent for reading. And this is a rare book. Prices on eBay are pretty high on these. And once again, we're going to put it with one of these booklets, Popular Home Remedies and Superstitions of the Pennsylvania Germans by A. Monroe Arond, which includes uh, a lot about powwow, moon lore, dreams and what they mean, witches and superstitions, uh, and all these uh, sort of traditions of the Pennsylvania Dutch, some folk medicine and remedies and stuff. So it kind of. If you've got warts, we've got answers. <laughs> There may or may not be a wart remedy. In There's there. always a wart remedy. There should be. This is an older version of this booklet. There's no date in it. This guy published these booklets locally. There's no date in this, but I believe he started publishing these maybe in the 50s. Uh, certainly by the 60s, he was publishing them. They might still be in print today, but this is one of the older ones for sure. Oh, they're privately printed. Yeah, he printed them. Himself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like a good private press. So we will put these two together, the Hex by Arthur Lewis, which tells the story of Nelson Raymire and the Hex murder, as well as the popular home remedies and superstitions of the Pennsylvania Germans booklet as a set. They will be on Etsy. If you go to the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, there'll be an image of those. You can click on them. should take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this. And there may be one or two other curiosities of the week still left there. We have photos of the week. We have all of my books for sale at our Etsy shop. We have some artwork and more. Go ahead and check it out. Shop name is Lost Grave, one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. And also check out our friends at Karmic Garden, who has a bespoke Strange Familiars scent 
as well as a flannel man scent and more. For our patrons, we have yet another show coming up in September on postmortem photography, patreon.com slash strange familiars if you want to hear that and all the other patron shows. Do you have anything to add, Allison? No, I don't. Actually, I think you have it all covered. Nothing to promote. Um, I'm still looking for photos. If people have particularly old cased images that they'd like information on or they'd like to sell, particularly if they are in the South Central Pennsylvania region. So we're talking daguerreotypes, amber types, tin types. When you say cased images, they literally come in little cases. That, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, sometimes people say, oh, it's in a little frame. But any old photos, 1920 and before, you will look at. Yes? Yes. Absolutely. So if you have old photos, uh, singles or lots, you can contact us and we will look at them. Oh, yes. I am putting together a show. It might end up being a series of shows on dreams about Bigfoot. Not just any dream about Bigfoot. We're looking particularly for meaningful dreams, you know, so-called big dreams regarding Bigfoot, and especially dreams when people maybe were in the middle of a paranormal investigation or in the middle of looking for Bigfoot. Maybe you were camping out during a Bigfoot hunt and you had a particularly moving Bigfoot dream. Anything like that, we're looking for these stories. So if you've had strange Bigfoot dreams, go ahead and contact us. Because like I said, we're putting together hopefully a series of shows on these weird Bigfoot dreams. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more or purchase music from Stonebreath. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. In 2019, the first Strange Realities Conference took place in Nashville, Tennessee. The pandemic and turmoil the following year could not stop 2020's conference from thriving in cyberspace as a live streaming event. Now, for 2021, the third annual Strange Realities Conference will combine these worlds into a paranormal hybrid event, live in person in Nashville and streaming online. Join us in exploring just how truly strange our reality can be with an interdimensional lineup of speakers presenting unique and intellectual perspectives on magic, mysteries, and the paranormal. Featuring Alan Greenfield, Dr. J. Michael Bennett, a.k.a. Dr. Future, Tim Banal, Soraya Ascath, Dr. Stephen Finley, Aaron Gullius, Amy Pachula, Brent Rains, Chris Ernst, Heather Mosher, Michael Hughes, Jose Herrera, Joshua Cutchin, Kiki Dombrowski, Nathan Isaac, P.D. Newman, Stephen Snyder, a.k.a. Recluse, David Metcalf, Timothy Renner, Steve Stockton, and Ren Collier. Tickets available at StrangeRealitiesConference.com. It's going to be amazing.